Well, so once again, we're together on the Urantia Radio Podcast, and this time up, we're going to talk about marriage and family and why this institution is vital to our own survival. It's a heavy subject, but one worth digging into, and that's what we'll do here on the Urantia Radio Podcast on marriage and family life. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Rancher Radio Podcast. And... If you haven't noticed, there is a, a lot of antagonism being displayed in society today about marriage and the marriage institution. And uh, there actually have been assaults on the idea of the traditional family. You know, there are people now who are saying that it's patriarchal and that it is oppressive to women and that in the new regime or the new era, we need to re-examine the entire idea of family. And I'm not exaggerating. There have been videos that I've seen online, else, you know, teachers and particularly members of the LGBTQ community, members of the trans community, who are actually verbally attacking the idea of marriage, man and woman, a family, the family life consisting of the nuclear family. And it's uh, it's in your face. And, and sadly, because of the the loudness of these people or some of these people in, in these communities, it's starting to have an effect on how the rest of us view marriage and, and making us all question whether or not marriage is even important anymore. Is family even important anymore? You know, and this is what happens sometimes when, you know, I've always said, you know, we try to stay away from politics on the Arantia Radio podcast, but I have to refer to this because it's a cultural event and it has huge ramifications. If there's a breakdown of the family or the breakdown of the idea of the importance of marriage, then we could be setting ourselves up for cultural disaster. Uh, the, fa- the very fabric of society can become untangled. And let me share with you, and this is where we get to the point on, on what the Urantia book states, because the Urantia book is a revelation. And I believe that it is a revelation from far advanced personalities. We went over this in the previous podcast. You know, we're, we're, we're on our little world and we live here and we come up with our own rules, but, but these other uh, unseen friends are trying to help us and they're trying to make us better and progress along lines, more peaceful, benevolent, uh, brotherly love, all of that, right? And one of the things they, they write about in two papers, papers 83 and 84 of the Urantia book, which is in the third part of the book, which deals with our human history, they specify in two chapters how the marriage uh, institution came to be 
the relationship between men and women down through the ages, and the social benefits. Uh, that's the important thing, the social benefits. But it also makes points about people that don't necessarily fit in that paradigm of marriage. And it honestly admits that there are always going to be people that are going to be kind of left out of the cold. So if I could try to maybe make my text a little bigger, which is what I'm trying to do, and it's not letting me do it, but we'll, we'll make it work. Maybe I'll just highlight it. But, um, you know, I think that these statements, and I'll just give you a few of them, of what, what the Arantia book says about marriage and the family institution and its importance in society, we, we can't forget these things. And I know that, that most religious people, people of faith, already know this. But I got to try to reach people. And if, if you're going to ask, well, what does your Arantia book say about this? Or what does your Arantia book say about gay and lesbians? And what does the Arantia book say about interracial marriage? And, and everybody's always asking, you know, what does the Arantia book, as, is, as if they're trying to find a poke a hole to see where, where they can find some discontent. And on the subject of marriage, it has to be stated that it's a very serious thing. And there are very serious cultural and evolutionary ramifications if the family institution breaks down, which it is. You can look around you and you can see that's clear. So let's share a few uh, segments and I'll read a couple of paragraphs. And, and these are all from paper 83 and 84, just collected paragraphs that I think make real good points. So in this one, from paper 83 and section 6, it reads, Monogamy has always been, now is, and forever will be the idealistic goal of human sex evolution. The idea of true pair marriage entails self-denial, and therefore does it so often fail just because one or both of the contracting parties are deficient in that acme of all human virtues, rugged self-control. Monogamy is the yardstick which measures the advance of social civilization as distinguished from purely biologic evolution. Monogamy is not necessarily biologic or natural, but it is indispensable to the immediate maintenance and further development of social civilization. It contributes to a delicacy of sentiment, a refinement of moral character, and a spiritual growth which are utterly impossible in polygamy. A woman can never become, become an ideal mother when she is all the while compelled to engage in the rivalry for her husband's affections. Pair marriage favors and fosters that intimate understanding and effective cooperation, which is best for parental happiness, child welfare, and social efficiency. Marriage, which began in crude coercion, is gradually evolving into a magnificent institution of self-culture, self self-control, self-expression, and self-perpetuation. You know, I hear people say things like, oh, you know, it takes a community, it takes a village. No, 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 the best, what's best for the child is pair marriage. And it goes on to say, down to, through the ages, marriage has made steady progress and stands on advanced grounds in the modern world, notwithstanding that it is threateningly assailed by widespread dissatisfaction among those where individual choice or individual choice, a new liberty figures most largely. What they're saying is, there's remember this is written in 1934, so there were this was starting to emerge this idea of self-liberty. 
And now it challenges this idea of the marriage institution. While these upheavals of adjustment appear more among the progressive races as a result of suddenly accelerated social evolution, i.e. America and Europe, among the less advanced people, developing countries maybe, marriage continues to thrive and slowly improve under the guidance of the older mores. So I suppose if you were to go and look at some of the more rural areas of the earth where marriage is still a very strong and powerful controlling influence on that society. Whereas if you go to more progressive places like Europe or England or San Francisco or New York, you know, marriage is meh. In the 19th, and I'll continue to read on. In the 19th and 20th centuries, the Occidental ideal of marriage has suddenly far outrun the self-centered and but partially controlled sex impulses of the races. The presence of large numbers of unmarried persons in any society indicates the temporary breakdown or the transition of the mores. Isn't that an interesting statement? The real test of marriage all down through the ages has been that continuous intimacy, which is inescapable in all family life. Two pampered and spoiled youths educated to expect every indulgence and full gratification of vanity and ego could hardly hope to make a great success of marriage and home building. A lifelong partnership of self-effacement, compromise, devotion, and unselfish dedication to child culture. So take note. You know, spoiled children don't grow up to be very hardworking and committed parents because they're so always thinking about themselves and not doing for the other. And and as a married person for over 25 years, I can tell you that, you know, that's the number one thing in marriage is you have to put other people first. And all of your own self-urges and your own self-desires, they have to be tempered. And you think always, what's going to work? What's most important for the family? How can my decisions be either positively impactful or negatively impactful? And I think that the Arantia book is, is, is saying that very thing. The high degree of imagination and fantastic romance, they say, entering into courtship is largely responsible for the increasing divorce tendencies among modern Occidental peoples all of which is further complicated by women's greater personal freedom and increased economic liberty and so forth. Easy divorce when the result of lack of self-control or failure of normal personality adjustments only leads directly back to those crude societal stages from which man has emerged so recently and as a result of so much personal anguish and racial suffering. The ideals of marriage have made great progress in recent times. Among some peoples, women enjoys practically equal rights with her consort. In concept, at least, the family is becoming a loyal partnership for rearing offspring, accompanied by sexual fidelity. But even this newer version of marriage need not presume to swing so far to the extreme as to confer mutual monopoly of all personality and individuality. Marriage is not just 
and individualistic ideal. It is the evolving social partnership of a man and a woman existing and functioning under the current mores, restricted by the taboos and enforced by the laws and regulations of society. 20th century marriages stood high in comparison with those of the past ages, notwithstanding that the home institution is now undergoing a serious testing because of the problem so suddenly thrust upon the social organization by the precipitate augmentation of women's liberties, rights so long denied her in the tardy evolution of the mores of past generations. Science, not religion, really emancipated women. It was the modern factory which largely set her free from the confines of the home. Man's physical abilities became no longer a vital essential in the new maintenance mechanism. Science so changed the conditions of the living that man power was no longer a, or was no longer superior to woman power. These changes have tended towards woman's liberation from domestic slavery and have brought about such a modification of her status that she now enjoys a degree of personal liberty and sex determination that practically equals man's. Once a woman's value consisted in her food-producing ability, but invention and wealth have enabled her to create a new world in which to function, spheres of grace and charm. Thus has industry won its unconscious and unintended fight for woman's social and economic emancipation, and again has evolution succeeded in doing what revelation failed to accomplish. And what they mean by that is that Adam and Eve tried to uplift and improve upon the marriage ideal. And in the pre-history during the Caligastia 100 in Dalmatia, they too also tried to teach a primitive man the virtues of, of sex equality and liberty and working in partnership. But those ideals never really kept for cultural and sometimes religious reasons. So they're saying that evolution ended up working in woman's behalf to, to finally give her the emancipation she needed that revelation couldn't provide. So we've learned about marriage and, and, and what it was, what it does and how it evolved. Now we get to the importance of the family. So from 84 and then section five, the reaction of enlightened peoples from the inequitable mores governing women's place in society has indeed been Benjamin-like in its extremeness. Among industrialized races, she has received almost all rights and enjoys exemption from many obligations, such as military service. Now, that, of course, has changed in the United States and elsewhere. Uh, but not that long ago, it was, con it was just sort of the consensus that women could not serve in the military, or at least in the front lines. Every easement of the struggle for existence has rebounded to the liberation of woman, and she has directly benefited from every advance towards monogamy. The weaker always make disproportionate gains in every adjustment of the mores and the progressive evolution of society. That's an interesting statement, and they don't mean weaker in the pejorative, but weaker in mass and physical strength and having that disadvantage. But that's an interesting statement. In the ideals of paramarriage, woman has finally won recognition. 
dignity, independence, equality, and education. But will she prove worthy of all this new and unprecedented accomplishment? Will modern woman respond to this great achievement of social liberation with idleness, indifference, barrenness, and infidelity? In the 20th century, woman is undergoing the crucial test of her long world existence. Man is, or now from 84, section 5, woman is man's equal partner in race reproduction, hence just as important in the unfolding of racial evolution. Therefore has evolution increasingly worked toward the realization of women's rights. But women's rights are by no means men's rights. Women cannot thrive on man's rights any more than man can prosper on women's rights. Male and female are practically regarded two distinct varieties of the same species living in close and intimate association. Their viewpoints and entire life reactions are essentially different. They are wholly incapable of full and real comprehension of each other. Complete understanding between the sexes is not attainable. Well, that's yeah, from an advanced society of unseen friends or other higher personalities. That's a pretty heavy statement. Women seem to have more intuition than men, but they also appear, appear to be somewhat less logical. Woman, however, has always been the moral standard bearer and the spiritual leader of mankind. The hand that rocks the cradle still fraternizes with destiny. I have to admit, you know, in my own growing up, uh, strong women had a tremendous influence on my own moral outlook. Men and women need each other in their moral and spiritual, as well as in their mortal careers. The differences in viewpoint between male and female persist even beyond the first life and throughout the local and super-universe ascensions. And even in Havona, the pilgrims who were once men and women will still be aiding each other in the paradise ascent, always Will these two basic variations of humankind continue to intrigue, stimulate, encourage, and assist each other? Always will they be mutually dependent on cooperation in the solution of perplexing universe problems and in the overcoming of manifold cosmic difficulties. And so there we'll leave it. And I know that there are people out there, and I think it. I have to come from a position of compassion and not anger that they don't understand that and they don't see the benefits. And, and, I, and I get it, you know, people who, who, who want to protect those who didn't have a mom and a dad are fighting for them. They come from a point of view of compassion. But you can't challenge what is regarded as man's most important, forget it, about it being the most sacred, but it's also the most important institution. It is the basis of a truly progressive social society. The better path would be to raise our children so that they would be better parents, more effective parents, more altruistic parents. That's what I think that the Arantia book is trying to establish. And we'll see you next time on the Arantia Radio podcast. Follow us online at urantiaradio.net. God bless. Teach your children well Their father's hell it slowly go by
Don't you ever ask them why If they told you you would cry So just look at them and sigh